How you doing? Good morning. How many are here this morning? All right. <clears throat> Could you join with me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy just shed abroad on us through your Holy Spirit. And we receive your Holy Spirit. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit, just to be, just fill us, fill our, our church, fill our city, fill our lives. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Alright, before I start teaching, I want to share uh, just something I, I felt led by God to share. And you can believe this or not. It's kind of optional. <laughs> I had a sense, uh, uh, image in my mind as I was worshiping. And sometimes God anoints those kind of things. Uh, actually, if you know how to do it, if you're prepared right, God often will, will do this. And uh, as a way to communicate what he's doing. And <clears throat> what I saw was there were angels in the room. There's actually two of them. And <clears throat> what I saw was they were touching. Adam, could you come up and be my example? They, you, people were just standing, turn this way, and the angels were touching the, the small of the spine. All right? <clears throat> and I just sentenced, actually the person was bent over like they were tired and they had no... Uh, energy and there, there was this healing, a transference of supernatural power. I don't know if anybody has a healing need in their lower back. Uh, thanks, Adam. <clears throat> but I, I just, what I actually sensed was that uh, God wanted to heal people's, get, to impart some backbone. All right? Yeah. That kind of backbone. You know, God doesn't want spineless Christians. Alright? <clears throat> and He wants to give an impartation of supernatural uh, courage and authority uh, to stand up for what is right. And, uh, you know, that's different for each individual's life. That might be something that nobody else in your life even knows you're struggling with. But you need some, you need, you need some spine. You know, you need some backbone. Or maybe something that everybody knows you're struggling with. <laughs> and you need to change something that's radical, but you don't think you have the power, the ability, the strength, or the courage to do that. So I'm just going to pray that right now. <clears throat> and you can just close your eyes. You don't have to raise your hand. Would you just close your eyes? <clears throat> oh, I just stepped off the stage. <laughs> I better keep my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's just receive this. And if, if you say, well, I don't think that applies to me, then you just aren't aware of the area in your life that you need an impartation because we all need more. And so, Father, we just pray. We agree with the supernatural revelation. Father, we just ask, Lord, this is consistent with Your Word, that You want to give courage. Uh, you want to, whenever You show up, whenever angels show up, whenever You interact with people, the first words that come out of the mouth of angels is, do not be afraid. Fear not. Uh, take courage. And so we receive that courage in Jesus' name. If there's need for physical healing, we just pray a release of supernatural healing in the, on backs uh, and, 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 and the nervous system. We just pray blessing. Father, we receive from You because we are totally dependent. We confess we're dependent on You in Jesus' name. Everyone who agrees, say Amen. amen. Alright, well I want to begin a new series this morning on... Um, <clears throat> 
uh, talking about oh my notes are out of order. Okay, so actually in the fall, <coughs> excuse me, God gave me a series of series, and we talked about the kingdom of God in December. We talked about the the holidays and Christmas. In January we talked about the fire values, our core values. In February. Uh, the Gerbers uh, spoke on heart surgery or healing issues, restoring the heart. And then we talked about uh, seed time and harvest. And then uh, this month is the actual name for the series is Spring into Action. Boing! Yeah, that's like a super pogo stick. <laughs> I actually think Spring into Action is kind of a corny title, but hey. Uh, <laughs> it's spring. I want to talk about putting faith into action. Is really we thought faith in action was kind of boring. So spring into action is the idea that we're going to take a few weeks and uh, discuss. And similar to the series on seed time and harvest, uh, this is going to develop over the course of a few weeks. And so I hope you're able to listen to all of them. If you're not able to attend, I encourage you to listen to the podcast that we have because it's going to build. Today is really just an introduction. And by way of introduction, I want to share with you something that happened to me uh, earlier this week. Um, And uh, I share this. uh, I'm real hesitant to share this because it's kind of strange. Um, I was actually, I had a dream earlier in the week. And in the dream, I was studying God's Word. Okay? So I was studying the Word of God in the dream. And, and what was actually happening, was pretty exciting, was that it was as though God were revealing things in His Word to me in my dream. All right, and so I was, and literally, like over my shoulder, he, I, he, he'd say something, and like, you know how you have the text, and like, underline would appear, and the and the font would grow bigger, <laughs> and like there was a download of supernatural revelation. All right, <laughs> does that sound good? Yeah. Is that a good dream? Yeah. It was a great dream. Come on. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I wasn't, stu- I wasn't dreaming about studying the Bible. Listen to this. I was studying the Bible in my dreams. God was teaching me in my dream something out of His Word. I wasn't just dreaming about studying the Bible. This is what I believe. All right? It's like when, Jesus, when Joseph was warned in the dream... Uh, to take uh, uh, his, his wife and the newborn child to Egypt. He wasn't just dreaming about an angelic visit. An angel visited him in the dream. Okay, so there's dreams that you dream about something, and then there's dreams that things actually happen in, that are real. Okay? And the reason that I, I'm kind of humbled by this, I don't share this because I want to uh, say I'm some great intense person The only reason, truly, that I share this is I just want you to know that this kind of stuff can happen. But it won't happen to you if you don't believe it can happen. And you have to learn. I've taken years to learn how to understand dreams and, and, you know, how to discard the ones that are just anxiety dreams or 
because I ate too much pizza or, <clears throat> you know, whatever. You know, there's, there's those dreams that you discard, and there's some dreams that you go, wow. So God is revealing His Word, right? And, and in the dream, I know that this is like, God's just speaking to me. Just, I'm like, wow, this is a great one. And I wake up and I can't remember even the verses, I, you know? <laughs> but my spirit, man, remembers. All right? So I don't remember the verses, but I do remember something. As soon as I woke up, in fact, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, it was so significant that I went and got a piece of and we walked downstairs, pulled paper out of my desk and wrote this down because I knew this was from God. <coughs> and it was that, I, I don't have my board up here, so it was that goals plus process leads to righteousness. Isn't it there? Yeah, there you go. Now, one of my favorite quotes is that there are no formulas with God. And I think God kind of makes a joke of that because He's always given me these formulas. <laughs> but this is just a way that captures an idea. Alright? And I want to talk about this because I felt at that moment after experiencing this in my dream, waking up with this strong unction Okay, that this is what needs to be said. Goals plus your process. Goals plus process produces or leads to righteousness. <clears throat> was that this is something I had to declare to you and, uh, and talk about this. And this is in the context of springing into action or motivating you to the place and us uh, in, into action into actually doing something, okay? Into, into putting our faith into action. I love the prophetic word that came forth uh, uh, that uh, Kathy shared that, uh, you know, we, we want to do stuff, but it has to come out of rest. Out of rest comes the drive or the desire to do something. And it's true. It's out of resting in Him. It's out of relationship with Him that comes a proper desire to do something. And it's right in tune with what I feel God is speaking to us as a congregation is that this is a time to spring into action. To actually uh, act out of a response to uh, what God is doing or has done in our lives. And I want to declare to you <clears throat> that our goals and the processes we use to uh, achieve or move toward those goals determines uh, uh, you know, whether it's right or wrong, whether it advances you toward righteousness or not. Uh, the processes and the goals that you pursue, those, uh, I'm sorry, the goals you have and the processes you use to pursue those goals will determine the level of righteousness you experience in your life. Alright? It applies to you personally. It applies to us as a corporate body. It applies to a community. It applies to a business. It applies on every level. Uh, your level of righteousness will be determined by what are your goals are and how you try to achieve those goals. <clears throat> I had a sense that uh, there was a real uh, urgency in the Spirit to declare this. All right, To just tell you, I'm not trying to convince you. Maybe you already agree. I'm just declaring it. Alright? Because I felt God told me to. 
perhaps, you know, and I don't have, I was like, okay, God, if I'm going to get up and say I have to declare goals, what are the goals? And he didn't give me any. <laughs> or I didn't hear any. And I think that we're just at the level where we need to accept the idea that we have to have goals. Alright? We have to define them. Maybe you need to personally, and I'm working on this personally and for the church, what are some of the goals that we, we want to achieve? What's the goal for your life? What's the goal for your career? What's the goal for your week or your day? What are you aiming at? It's not likely that you're going to hit a target if you don't even aim at a target. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and so defining those goals and then defining the process by which you move toward that goal. And both are equally important. The goal plus the process produces a love, the level of righteousness. Alright? It's not just the goal, it's not just the process, but it's the combination of both produces, and a really sense, I want to clarify that this is more organic than it is mechanical. Does that make any sense? Alright, this truth is not a mechanical uh, formula in the sense, boy, you just have the right goal and the right process, you're going to get, you're going to be righteous. I wish that were true. But life is not a machine. Okay? In fact, any machine that you've ever had, or ever will have, will break down. Right? It's just the nature of machines to break down. But God created, you know, the creation of God reproduces life. It's amazing. Even when, like, something in nature breaks down, it just, just decomposes and gets reused into something new. It's just amazing. And I suppose a machine would too if you just give it a long enough time. <laughs> the Terminator movie, yeah. <laughs> it's organic. What do I mean by organic? In other words, you have to have the right goals and you have to have the right process and it's like what I was sharing in the seed time and harvest. It's like planting a seed and, you know, at some point you're going to reap a harvest. But there's a whole variety of other influences that will uh, affect that harvest. Maybe you'll have a hailstorm and the harvest is gone for this season. So, praise God. We'll do something else. <laughs> All right? He's still going to take care of us. Maybe you'll have a perfect season and, and you'll have ten times the produce that you thought you were going to have. Well, praise God. Alright, that'll make up for last year when we had the hailstorm. You see, it's organic. And that's the same thing in all the areas of life. <clears throat> you can't control all of those other things, but you can determine what, and you can hear from God what your goals are and the processes that you are going to use to, to move you toward a, a lifestyle of righteousness. Um, your goals and your processes determine if you're moving forward, if, you, if you're getting stalled, or if you're actually backsliding. Okay? And do you understand what I'm talking about? Is moving your life <clears throat> from where you are in a spiritual state toward a greater level of righteousness. And, and what your goals are and how you 
uh, the processes that you determine you're going to meet those goals will determine whether you're actually becoming more righteous, whether you're just stalled and going through the motions, or whether you're backsliding and you're getting further away from what God has called you to in your life. It'll determine how far and how fast you go in your life. And that's true both in the natural. I mean, that's true. Goals and processes will determine how far you get in a career in most cases. Determine what, how much you get done in the week. But I'm talking particularly because, you know, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm not a financial consultant. <clears throat> Is that alright? <clears throat> so I'm concerned about your spiritual advancement. And so this applies spiritually. And my uh, goal in this series is to give you some tools to move you forward toward righteousness. Um, Literally, listen, lives can and have been changed. Families can be changed. Cities can be changed. Nations. Entire course of human history can be altered when an individual has the right goals, the God-given goals, and it uses God-ordained processes or methods or procedures to attain those goals. Alright? Your life can be altered. Your family can be altered. Your community, your nation. The, 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 the degree, the magnitude to what your decisions will affect is, is not completely up to your control, but you would be surprised how big of an influence you have. You'll be surprised. Because in, in the end, when you see your life from a heavenly perspective, you'll be amazed. And you'll say, if I knew then how significant my decisions were, how it would influence so-and-so and it influence somebody else and influence somebody else, if I knew that those simple words or those simple actions would have those ripple effects throughout human history... I would have been more careful. Well, I'm here today telling you, be more careful. Because your actions, your acts, your words, even your attitudes have influence. Some of it you see, most of it you don't. On purpose. Because if you saw it all, you'd probably get proud. Or scared. <laughs> activity. I want to talk a little bit about activity versus productivity. Most of the time when preachers preach on faith in action or springing in action, actually doing something, uh, <laughs> the end result is it produces activity. And you know what? I'm not really concerned about activity. <clears throat> I don't want to just scare us into doing something. That's not the goal. I'm not saying, hey, we need to get busy. Do something. Put your faith into action. Alright? So I'm not here just to give you a... Um, uh, uh, what, do, what do you call it when a coach... Pep yeah, pep talk. Come on! Let's go! Get fired up! You know? And that's good. And you can go get fired up. But in my experience, getting fired up lasts till about 7 o'clock. Then I just want to crash on the couch. I want to talk a little deeper. What are your goals? The the end, the the overriding theme is to to move us toward action. 
Okay? But the means that I'm trying to apply is, hey, let's look at our goals. I want to ask you a question. Are you ready? What are your goals? Think about it. Have you defined them? What are the processes you're going to use to achieve those goals? And will those goals and those processes move you toward righteousness or away from righteousness? Will it increase godliness in your life or will it decrease godliness in your life? Righteousness simply means being as we are meant to be. It's not an unattainable standard. It is what God created you to be. Alright? You were intended by God to be holy. To be pure. To be able to be in relationship with Him without shame, fear, guilt, dread. Without sickness. Alright? And then there's specific things that only you can hear from God as to what you were created to be. But righteousness, the best definition I've found is is being as we were meant to be. Living our true nature. And that is accomplished when our goals and the processes and the means by which we attain those goals are in accord with God's Word. Let me give you some examples. It's great to give to the poor. That's a good goal, right? Everybody agree? <clears throat> it's not actually uh, righteous, though, to do so by robbing the rich. No matter how nice that story of Robin Hood is, stealing is really not an okay way to give money to the poor. Is everybody in agreement with that? All right. Write your congressman. <laughs> Just joking. Come on. <laughs> Uh, it's good goal to earn money and have a successful career, but not if it means that you cheat on your taxes or practice unfair business practices. You know, misrepresent your service or, or your, or your uh, products. You may have the goal of being at peace, but it's not, uh, it's not going to lead to a righteousness if that goal of being at peace means you avoid all conflict and you end up just withdrawing and you don't really even end up having peace you just end up being isolated. Alright? That's not a, a proper means, even if it's a good goal. You're not gonna get there. You're not gonna be more righteous. You may, uh, <clears throat> your goal may be wrong, even though you use a good process. Alright? You might, might, you know, you might have the process of praying a lot and reading a lot of scripture and witnessing, but you're doing it all for the wrong reason. Because you're doing it to impress others. You want to be known as some hyper-spiritual person. And so you have this self-motivated uh, uh, goal and you're using processing. And God tells you to pray and read Scripture and witness, but not for, your, for yourself. Does that make sense? And so either the goal or the process can be skewed and it will not lead toward righteousness. Now let's get a Scripture in here, just in case you thought I forgot. I usually start with the Scripture. I'm going to end with the Scripture. And it's not the Scripture. It's not even my text for the series. I, I didn't get to it. We'll get to that next week. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said to His disciple, <clears throat> Disciples, if anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. For who... Ever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
For what profit is it to a man or a woman, person, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. <clears throat> the desire in this verse, I think, is your goal. What's your desires? What are you looking for? What, are you heading, what do you desire? The process here, Jesus tells of a good process and a good goal. He says, this is a good goal. If anyone desires to follow me, that's a goal. If you want to be my disciple, he gives you a process. Right? And a good process. Deny self, take up your cross, and follow him. <laughs> that's a good... Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, why don't you try following me? <laughs> See, everybody thinks Jesus was really nice. I think he really just upset a lot of people. If you want to follow me, follow me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, he was nicer than that. <laughs> uh, then he tells of a bad goal in the process. What profit is it for a man to gain the whole world, so he gets incredibly rich, he owns all, rules the whole world, but loses his own soul? What good is that? You get everything you want, but you lose your soul. And the piercing question is, what will a person, what will a man give in exchange for their soul? And that's the question I really want you to think about. Alright? What are you giving? Because that, what, that's the process here that's really, that exchange. There's an, what will a person give in exchange? There's a transaction. Alright? And so Jesus is saying, when you, when you take something, there's a transaction going. Alright? And some transactions, can actually lead to losing your soul. He says, what good is it if you gain all the material possessions in the whole world, but you end up losing your soul? It's better to deny yourself so that you can have real life and live eternally with Him. Every time, listen, we know that sin leads to death. Okay? So every time we commit a sin, we're taking some life out of our soul. Every time you commit a sin, this is where I'm going to get confrontational. If you commit a sin, what you're doing is you're saying the pleasure of that sin, I'm going to give part of my soul in order to have that pleasure. And that pleasure disappears. And so you say I'm going to give a little more of my soul just to get some of that. And it disappears. And if you keep doing that, you end up dead inside. Because it robs you of all your life. But, there's another transaction that can happen. When you say, I give myself to Jesus, I deny myself, take up my cross and follow Him, that gives me life. Alright? I deny the things that He says are destructful, that gives me life. And so that, that's life-giving. And so what are you exchanging? And stop doing it if it's giving you death. Alright? 
Stop doing it. If it's leading to a decrease, whatever you're doing that either increases life or decreases life in you, that's the exchange. And you want to focus on, that's the process toward the goal of righteousness that you want to, you want to position your life, uh, in that direction. Jesus ends the verse with this pronouncement. It says, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He will reward each according to His work. Two things. He will come. Alright? And He will reward. But Jesus says something real interesting here. He says He's going to reward each according to what? According to your acts. According to what you've done. And this isn't preached too much. Because everybody's all focused on faith. Alright? But I had somebody come up, and this was about a year ago, and said something, I don't understand it. Uh, the Bible says we're going to be judged according to our works. I thought it was whether or not we believed. I said, well, yeah, the Bible actually says you're going to be judged by your works. And your reward will be based on what you've done or haven't done. How many, how many does that make you a little nervous? It makes me nervous. It doesn't make me nervous because I trust Jesus. Because I have faith. I know I can trust Him. I don't have to be afraid, but that motivates me. What you do and why you do it will be the basis for your reward. What you do is your goal, why you do it, and how you do it is a process. What you've done and why. How much is never important as to what for. Hear that? It's not how much you've done, but why you did it. What you do it for. Uh, but I want you to understand, to leave you with this point, that we will be judged, our reward will be determined by our works. And next week, I'm going to talk about how faith and works comes into the equation. Alright? Everybody say amen. amen. Give Adam a hand. Welcome him up here for announcement.